0: It's a big
1: to Whispers in the Darkness, the paranormal podcast from the Out There Paranormal Group. And whispering for you tonight, we have myself, and Nigel, and...
2: Myself, Juliet Smith.
1: We've got a guest.
2: We have indeed.
1: We've got a guest. We've got a very interesting guest, How in How exciting. Fact. Yes, we have, in fact, got a BAFTA award-winning British writer, broadcaster and journalist, oh. creator of three really rather excellent podcasts, and a play that has received some excellent reviews.
2: Any ideas who it is, folks? Hey,
1: guess who it is. Mm. If I say, I know who I saw, mm-hmm. and say to you, bloody hell, Jules, it's mm. only Danny Robbins. <laughs> Hello, Danny. Hi. Nice of you. to <laughs> Hello. Hello. That's quite an intro.
2: <laughs> well, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about Danny Robbins to start with before we sort of dive into all the other bits and pieces, because I'm sure people are going to be interested in sort of hearing about you rather than just sort of all the other stuff that we're going to throw in like the Garcia podcasts and things like that. So tell us about Danny.
0: Well, um, I live in Wolfhamstow in East London and uh, I have just put my children to bed right now. Uh, and so I'm talking to you in that kind of strange, soporific state after reading to children in the dark. Uh, th- this is the kind of the unglamorous side behind Behind my life now, I mean, you know, it's it's lovely. Now, I've I've been neglecting my children too much recently. I've been making fifteen episodes of Uncanny, which has been this kind of relentless, intense labor of love you know which has just kind of filled every waking moment and like you know to the mad extent where there was one day where i worked 19 hours getting up at nine in the morning and going to bed at four o'clock in the morning so i mean it, it oh is my. you know it, it's a proper labor of love so actually j- just having paused now and having just finished the last uncanny it's been lovely to be back with the family but yeah i mean so i mean i am somebody who is obsessed with ghosts like your like yourselves but i mean my background is comedy actually and and I come from sort of a a world away from the kind of the dark and the macabre, really. I mean, I spent a lot of my career, a lot of my years writing jokes for a succession of people from Basil Brush to Joan Rivers to, you know, Ronnie Barker at one point (laughs) and all all sorts, you know. Yeah. Really
2: interesting
0: people. Yeah, I did. I mean, you know, I I started really young. I got into comedy straight out of university. You know, even at university, actually, I was submitting stuff to radio and TV programmes. And just kind of was lucky to get a break very early and, and kind of, you know, started writing. You know, it's pretty much the only job I've ever done. I done, did a few kind of bar jobs, you know, sort of in working in theatre bars when I first left university. But I pretty much spent my entire adult life writing and performing. And, and, and I really enjoyed comedy and I do love comedy still, but I, I reached a point where I felt a little bit of an end of the road with it. I felt a little bit dissatisfied with just being facetious and funny on a regular yeah. basis and I wanted to do something more and I think I, I was always very interested in exploring ghosts and it comes from a, a place with me which I think really stems right back to childhood where I, I was brought up in an atheist household by a mum mm-hmm. who had been brought up Catholic and so whenever I went mm-hmm. to visit my grandparents the house was surrounded by these images of belief of uh, popes and you know, Jesus staring down at me in a and very sort of slightly normal. menacing yeah, yeah, way right. holding his his um, sacred heart. And, you know, lo- lo- yeah. lots of images I I was fascinated by but didn't quite understand. And I, and I think I always felt like I was a little bit left out of something. I wanted to be part of oh. a club and wanted to be part of... I, I liked the idea of magic and I liked the idea that there was something more out there. And I really love the idea that we don't just stop and that we don't just die and uh, all of this amazing work that we put into being human beings of living and loving and fathering and you know husbanding and all the communication that we do and you know building up these amazing networks of friends and all, all the kind of things we do you know whether it's you know building a table or writing a book or painting a picture or you know just creating an amazing friend network or just being good at your job whatever whatever you do that you do well you know the idea that that just ceases is horrible and hateful and unbearable and so the the idea that we could come back is I think what really really makes me interested in ghosts I think that's the the little kind of the lamp that that leads me into the darkness.
2: Oh, oh. I mean, I I got into it myself because um, I had an experience when I was a child of about five or six years old. I was brought up in an old farmhouse, you know, and um, I I I'd, at the time I just thought it was it was simply you know just just a person and it was only until I was I was older in later later life that I actually thought about it and realized what it was and that's that's really what got me into it and and having these experiences. that obviously as I got older I I grew and became more aware spiritually aware with it and things like that and it it's fascinated me ever since then I've I've always been drawn to it you know
0: yeah that's really interesting I mean I I think I live vicariously through uh people who have seen things or experienced things because i have never mm. ever had an experience that i would class as supernatural and um awesome. uh, yeah. you know, and, and, I, and i i do feel like I, I really would like to and i found myself in situations like when we were recording back to See poltergeist we went to 30 east drive which a lot of people will have heard yeah. of it's this famous yeah. kind of paranormal yeah. tourist destination now where the the black monk of pontefract case happened and I went, and I was desperate for something to happen. I was like, "Oh, please! I'd love to see an object fly through the air or something." Yeah. And I and I felt nothing at all, really. And um, and 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 uh, yeah, I just I would love it, but um, th- at the same time, I think be careful what you wish for. You know, I, I was talking to um, Barry Dodds, who does the ParaPod. You know, who you might yeah. know, yeah, yeah. And and so he he was saying that he had never had an experience happen to him, but he was a believer. And then suddenly, yeah. he had something happen to him. In Edinburgh, I think it was one one summer when they were filming Parapod, and he had something happen to him that absolutely terrified the life out of him to the point where he wow. sort of ran out of the venue screaming and had to be calmed yeah. down by his yeah. team. And and he, yeah, yeah, like, okay, so yeah, 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 yeah. you know, yeah, so you know all yeah, about I mean, it. But I mean, yeah. he says he wish he wishes that he hadn't had that, you know, and like, that he could go back. Yeah. You know, um, you, you you can't go back. That's the thing, you know. All of the people I've interviewed for Uncanny, you can't unpick that experience no. it is life-changing you know you it changes you. the way you see the world and, and that stay, may not yeah. be something that you want yeah yeah well, especially
1: with some of the cases you were talking about as well where that has really affected the people you know, and it's amazing to actually hear them come on and and tell the stories like that. I mean, mm. how do you decide
0: which stories you're actually going to use? I mean, you must get like hundreds of them sent through to you. Yeah, yeah I, I do. I mean, li- literally hundreds and hundreds, and you know, some some if it, sometimes it feels like almost hundreds a day. It's incredible. It's this non nonstop deluge, but it's it's wonderful. And I love it. You know, and we're trying really hard to get through all of them and, and reply to everybody. And you know, we, we've got so many incredible stories coming in. I mean, certain stories set my pulse racing, you know, the the stories that give me a little shiver down the spine when I read it, then that's a really good indicator. But the ones that really excite me are the ones that begin, I don't believe in ghosts, but I've seen a ghost because I I feel like, you know, it's very easy to see a ghost if you want to, you know, if, if you are somebody who believes passionately in ghosts and you go into an environment, you know, like, you know, that, that is rumoured to be haunted, a haunted castle or a haunted pub, whatever, you, you you can see ghosts, you know, you know, every shadow, every creak of the floorboards can be a ghost. You know, if, if your mind is going in that direction, you kind of want it enough. But if you're somebody who's resolutely kind of bombastically sceptic, like, you know, Ken from Room 611, who's this, you know, eminent geneticist, you know, this scientist, if you're someone like that who just is totally set up and hardwired to not believe in ghosts, and you see a ghost, I want to know about that. You know, that that's that's what excites me, you know, because that's the point where you think, well, actually, if it can happen to that person, it can happen to anybody, mm-hmm. because, you know, if, if you're someone who's mm-hmm. determinedly not going to believe in ghosts and you still see them, I mean, you know, something yeah. is going on here. So th- those are the ones that would definitely head to the, the top of the pile, I think. And then, you know, beyond that, I just, you know, I, for me, it's I, I love to try and have a diversity of voices in the series. And I think, you know, that's something we can work even harder at, next series and 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 hear you know stories from different age groups different backgrounds different walks of life different countries you know and, and i'd like to push that yeah. more and more in the second series and you know we had that interesting story about jinn about the um the, the muslim teenager who um uh, the, yes. the angel in yeah. the bathroom i think it was the case seven yeah. you know which is really interesting that, that, you know to hear from yeah. about ghosts from a different perspective you know jinn is something with, fun, yeah, yeah. people less of familiar that with them. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, because theirs so different, the way that the gene work, isn't it? It's like, mm. wow, but yeah. there's still that sort of thing that they're there, you know, something completely different that can do the same sort of things as our own goats do, but the way they sort of describe them is
0: completely different. Well, I mean, it's, like, it's very, in a world of their own, yeah. aren't they? They have this
1: whole world that they live well, in. And you know, the fact like,
0: that they can be both good yeah. and bad as well. I think, you yeah. know, like in, in, in Britain and America, we deal in very kind of binary good and evil, you know, um, but I think there are other cultures where, like, I think in, I was talking to somebody yesterday about India and about how, you know, the gods can be both good and bad. You know, they have kind of the capacity for both yes. within them, you know, and it's less sort of clear cut. There is less of a kind of black and white. There's more of a grey area, you know. So, um mm. you know, I think that's interesting. I, I think Br- Britain and America definitely have this kind of obsession with ghosts. You know, like my wife is Swedish, and I, I feel like they're not as interested in ghosts as us. They're kind of quite kind of rational kind of pragmatic people you know i think we are so interested with ghosts because we are very very bad at dealing with death you know like we you know like we're not like you know some cultures have this wonderful kind of link with ancestors and they kind of you know the the dead are with you at all times you know you process death in a better way we we just we freak out about death and so we need ghosts ghosts are this kind of comfort blanket this kind of buffer zone between us and death
1: Mm. Yeah, we mm.
0: thought about it like that. That's
1: quite it's, a good way true, to put. But, but we do.
0: There is that stigma attached to people dying. You know, it's really, really, really strange. Really, I mean, you know, of... I'm, personally, I'm really frightened of death. You know, like I, you know, I, I, I have times in my life I've had a really profound fear of death. So I think you know we, we hang on to ghosts because as as frightening as they are, this is the paradox of ghosts. That as frightening as they are, they are also comforting. Yeah,
2: they are. Yeah. They really, really are. And it's it's quite interesting how. Um, ancient cultures as well. They all believe in spirit and ghosts and yet these ancient cultures through civilizations have never actually met, you know, thousands and thousands of of years ago. And that absolutely fascinates me. And they all believe in, in a, a good and they believe in an evil and yeah. the good is up and the evil is down. And yet these cultures have never actually met. I mean, I, I find that really, really interesting going back.
1: Well you look at the similarities between them, you're talking about yes. you sort of get Egyptians and the Aztecs Absolutely. and stuff Absolutely. like that. Their concepts so, are similar, but hmm. then they're, they're miles apart. So, I mean, it's, it's always cool. humanity, though, hasn't it? We have to yeah. have that sort of belief in something.
0: Well, it's really interesting. And I think, you know, you, you look at kind of ghost belief and you think, well, the, you have all these similarities of reports from... Roman times until now you know the way that the poltergeist haunting is described is described in the same terms throughout history you know like I think we found uh we we talked about this in the Battersea Poltergeist live show but I think we found like a you know an account from sort of something like 850 AD from some German monks you know they described it in virtually identical terms to the way the Battersea Poltergeist haunting in the 1950s was described you know and, and so you think well either there is something going on here and and you know oh. people are describing it in the same way as you might describe a rainstorm you know if you've got 10 people to describe a rainstorm they describe it in very similar terms you know or you know our, our brains are, are processing something in very similar terms you know I, either the thing yes. exists or it's just our brain's way of dealing with things you know and that, that you know maybe ghost belief is very similar throughout the ages because all those people have needed to deal with death in the same way you know i think you know you can you can, you can look at this in in very different ways depending on if you're coming at from a believer's point of view or a skeptic point of view that's fine very yeah it's yeah. true that's the one mm-hmm. thing i really enjoyed about the when you've done the
1: uncanny especially the uncanny podcast is the fact that you've got people from both sides of the argument to yes. actually talk you've got uh, a skeptic and you've got a believer uh, as your experts and they both come up with perfectly valid reasoning absolutely and yeah. you're sitting there trying to make your mind up because you're thinking oh i, I really believe in this and all of a sudden they say well no, it could be this Oh uh, yeah, right. I mean, I, I
2: your team skeptic though, aren't you? I, I <laughs> on the,
1: yeah. I mean, I take you on the, on the fence, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, yeah. because because of experience I've had myself that I can't sort of describe. Makes mm. me think, yeah, okay, but there's other things I think. Well, now actually, I know what that is. I can describe. I give give you a valid reason as to why that happened. But with yours, it's like, oh my god, six eleven is a classic. I mean, I that. I'm obsessed with that case yeah
0: yeah yeah no, me too Love I it. mean I, I, yeah. I, I sort of like to think of the experts as almost like you know like we're debating uh, in the way that football pundits do after a football match you know yeah, I, 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 yeah. yeah kind of yeah, like I, with, with all the cases I have to thing of you know you talk about it in the present tense it's like you know this has just happened to ken like you know we just heard this thing happen like what do you make of it kieran what do you make of it evelyn or whatever and um yeah. and I, I just i love the energy of that and sort of sitting around and debating it and it you know kind of makes these cases feel really fresh and they come to life but you know expert has become almost a dirty word recently you know like that kind mm. of yeah, yeah you know there's been that kind of disregard for experts and i, I sort of feel like you know we've kind of reclaimed that a bit in this show and you know these people are proud to be experts but they're they're kind of you know they're they're experts who you kind of totally get on board with you know and I think like whoever the skeptic expert is is, represents all the skeptics and the believer expert represents all the believers I'm sort of in the middle with with maybe like the majority (laughs) of the audience I think there's probably a lot of people out there who aren't sure what to believe they're pulled in different directions I'm I'm the same you know you, you maybe want to believe but you're not you're quite sure if you can quite go the distance and um, so I, 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 yeah I think it's fun I, I love the fact that probably people are shouting at their at their iPhones or their radios or however they're listening and going oh Kieran shut up you know it's not infrasound it <laughs> you know and you know Evelyn I can't believe you're saying that what, what do you think you know of course poltergeists don't exist you know and, and I think that's fun as long as it kind of keeps in that fun respectful environment which amazingly it seems to I mean that, that is the kind of quite unique thing about this show that in this hugely polarised world that we live in, where we define ourselves as much by what we hate as what we love. You know, somehow, even though people are completely opposite ends of the spectrum, believing in ghosts or not believing in ghosts, it doesn't get more polarised than that. And yet everyone gets on and, and enjoys it in their own way. And that that's probably the thing that I am proudest of, of this whole thing, really, that we're both Battersea and Uncanny, that we've kept that... Kindness, you know, I think it's, it's so important. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it is. It's really refreshing to see. I mean, we, we we've been working in paranormal, paranormal circles for a number of years, and you see some of the infighting that goes oh, on it's gosh. horrendous. Yeah, really awful. You don't see it so much yeah. on Twitter. But you do see mm. it an awful lot on Facebook, but groups bickering with each other and arguing with each other, and, and oh, it's just crazy. it's crackers because we're all looking for the same exactly. thing. Exactly, you crackers. can't understand it, yeah. why I like this so much the fact that. All of a sudden, we've got this little community where everybody's opinion is valid. And I've learned so much from this as well. Mm. You know, we're listening, just yeah. basically listening to the show, listening I to really what the people have. have been saying. It's, 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 it's
2: interesting for people like me as well that, you know, do have experiences because I battle because I love the science behind it. And I battle with my psychic side and then I battle with the science side as well because I'm very into the science and, and quantum theory and you know, parallel dimensions and all this kind of stuff. So when you put the two together, you know, and you, you blend um, experiences and the science, it really does make you think a lot, a lot about it. And I love how Uncanny has kind of looked at both sides of the coin. You know, I don't think that has really been done before. No, I, I think that's,
0: that's nice. I mean, I, I think the idea of it making you think is great because I think a lot of paranormal shows on TV don't, you know, thinking is not required. No. It's, you know, it, no, there's a starting famous. point that yeah. ghosts exist and people are running around yeah. in night vision cameras and screaming and yeah. and and it's, you know, I think, so the, the thing that I, I think is maybe different about Uncanny to a lot of paranormal shows is that it's not about places, it's about people and you know, like so many paranormal shows are about we go to a place and then we you know and and, and we we hope that things will happen and of course things have to happen because it's television and you need it to be exciting. You know and I think Uncanny takes a starting point of somebody has had an experience and we want to try and understand and explore and talk about it and find out more about that experience. But you know, if you go to Louis Belt, you will not have the same experience as Phil had. And if you go if if you know, mm-hmm. if Room 611 still existed, you know, uh, some I mean. people might have the same experience as Ken, but many people wouldn't, you know. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. I I read an interesting thing on Twitter, um, one of our kind of another guy who tweets a lot, um, called James, who who um was talking yeah. about a poltergeist being like uh, making a cake and you need the right ingredients, you know, certain Fish, people, yeah. a certain location, certain times of life, yeah, certain environmental things. And <laughs> and I think that's very true. And I think, you know, like, you know, that, that idea that everybody who turns up at a haunted castle would see a ghost is it, kind of crazy. And that's where you get into that kind of whole thing of having to fabricate stuff and making stuff up and, you know, a kind of psychic under pressure and having to kind sort of, you know, you know, just basically make stuff up. You know, to kind of keep the punters happy. Yeah, absolutely. You know? um, so I, I, I'm just I'm intrigued by why people have these experiences. I, I think you know you, you you have listened to uncanny. You've heard some of the genuinely strange, frightening, seemingly inexplicable experiences people have. And just, you know, that, that's, that's so intriguing. That's enough for me. I just, I just love d- diving into that. And people keep saying, well, would you go to the location? Are you interested in going to the location? What about the people who live in the yeah. house now? And, you know, I think those are all interesting questions. And, and, you know, with a bigger budget and more time and, you know, if we were doing it for television, whatever, then, yes, I'd love to go to Louisville and I'd love to go to th- those places. But I, I'm under no illusions that I would walk into that environment and suddenly see a ghost. No no chances are you'd
1: see absolutely nothing mm. at all that's the thing like you said it is it is a case of time and place you mm. know and you then you wonder to yourself whether or not the actual person themselves is some kind of trigger is it something in them that's actually triggered the experience
0: yeah i think that's fascinating and i think you know it. it's very clear that a lot of people have these experiences when they're at a certain point in their life, you know, teenagers or even perhaps more so that kind of period of just having left home university. I've had so many cases sent to me about that kind of period of 1920, having just left home being a student and you're clearly at your most uh, vulnerable there. You've just left home. You're away from all your support structures. You're trying to cope with life and forge a new life and maybe reinvent yourself and all those kind of things. And yeah. at the same time, you're incredibly open. You're like this amazing sponge soaking everything up. I mean, when I look back, uh, you know, I was digging out in the attic the other day and found some letters I'd written to a mate at that time of my life. And just, you know, yeah. it's like looking at a different person. You're so, this, you know, so open and so curious yeah. about the world and so unjaded. And yeah. so, so absolutely. I mean, so if, if you are coming from, from a believer point of view, then, then maybe that makes you more open to these experiences and you can kind of mm-hmm. receive these messages And if you're a sceptic, then you would say, well, look, that's somebody who's kind of more prone to anxiety, more prone to imaginative flights of fancy. So, um, you know, it's interesting. But having said that, you know, I I could give you many cases that are sent to me that are, you know, somebody in their 40s or their 50s or their 60s or whenever. You know, I I think these things can happen to you at any moment in your life at any point. Yeah.
2: So, Danny, the cases that you chose um for uncanny were you actually surprised by the ones that got the most responses i
0: i was certainly surprised by the scale of the response i i felt that ken's was a really good story and and you know i, I wondered about whether to lead with it because on, on paper i was thinking like you know um you know we had other uh, some other stories were like sort of maybe like you know Ch- charlie um uh howard the brooklyn poltergeist you know where it was sort of like that felt a bit more glamorous maybe it was like new york and she's young and she's funky and she's cool and i was like you know should we sort of you know if you want to be an attention-grabbing podcast you kind of go very young and funky and that sort of thing. <laughs> you know and here was ken this very sensible middle-aged man and i was like you know is a sensible middle-aged man going to be the thing that kind of brings in the mass audience but i mean my god ken is an interesting man isn't he and like just you know yeah. what yeah. what an incredible character and you know what a, what a genuinely brilliant storyteller and so you know it just felt to me like he was absolutely the right person and if if, you know it's a manifesto Ken's story is a manifesto for Uncanny because he is the classic brilliant the best you know sort of indisputable world champion of being the I don't believe in ghosts but I saw a ghost kind of person you know it doesn't get better than that and actually if you want to get into kind of ghost story tradition if you look back at like the M.R. James stories you know the classic Victorian ghost stories that Mark Gatiss now um as a, a fine line in adapting for telly. you know those all seem to hinge around an Oxford don or you know, some kind of academic or some sort of yeah, they Eton do. scholar, That's so this bastion of credibility. So, Ken, is that? And um, but you know, I, I could never in a million years have imagined it, it would take off in the way it did. And you know, like I ended up being on television in Ireland and on breakfast radio in Northern Ireland, and it was in the broadsheets in Northern Ireland, the BBC website, and it just it went it went viral. It was huge, it you know, went nuts. and um, and it just utterly gripped everybody. And and I think because it had so many kind of points of entry for people, like every, you know, you, you know, a lot of people remember being a student. If you haven't been a student, you still remember that time in your life when you were that, that age <laughs> and how you felt at that time. And um, and it just, you know, it, it was like a nightmare come to life. You know, like we've all probably had nightmares like that. But for it to come to life in that kind of 3D way that figure in the room it was you know it it felt like a a horror movie come to life and it had everything but the way that ken described it was utterly plausible and utterly believable and then as the story unfolded and more and more came out i mean who would have known we'd get witnesses like gary foster and billy and all these people coming forward offering layer (laughs) upon layer of credibility and suddenly you you felt like you were in this the, the midst of this incredible mystery story that was just you know it was the case that kept on giving and i feel like now you know we could return to it it's series two, and I feel like we'd still have plenty to say about it.
2: Are you going to? Oh, please I, say I, I,
0: mean, I, I think we probably will, you know, because I think there's yeah. still so much coming in about it, and, and, you know, and I've got a lot of Bloody Hell Can t shirts to sell as well. I, I
1: was home, mum, you? I was waiting. Oh, waiting, aren't we? <laughs> yeah.
0: They on. should be on their way out soon, I think. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, come
2: on then, Daddy, say it. What's the hashtag? Come
0: on. Uh, well, hashtag Bloody Hell Can. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Who would have thought? It? That's true. the thing that gets me. It's just that one moment you I, said that. I know. Oh, I know. Crazy. I mean. I mean. And, and honestly, I mean, it was not in any way contrived. I mean, I thought I long and I, I was thinking about cutting that line. I was thinking, like, you know, do we really need that line? We we're desperately oh, trying to wow. get it down like because it goes out on Radio Four as well. We have to hit this kind of. Um, Set duration of 27 minutes 45 seconds, I think, really specific. Oh, you know, yeah. which, which, which always, I, I never, I, I never like <laughs> having to hit that. that. You know, it feels a pain to have to hit that. It's but like then, pressure, pressure. Yeah, but anyway, so like, you know, I was having to get it down, editing it down, cutting bits and stuff. I was like, do we really need that yeah. bloody hell can line? You don't need that, do you? But then I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll leave it in. And then suddenly, you know, the day it's released, I see it just, you know, my Twitter feed starts filling up with bloody hell and bloody hell and bloody hell came. i'm like oh, okay really we knew, might we might have started that's... something here <laughs> <laughs> but did. i think it's a catchphrase for the whole thing oh, I know, it's yeah. but you know i mean i think i said this in the last episode but it, but it came to embody something it came to embody this kind of yeah. almost kind of existential utterance of like you know just there is you know there are more things in heaven and earth that you know that it, it, it's um it's surprise it's fear it's solidarity with ken it's all these oh. kind of things it it became you know an expression that whether you're a believer or a skeptic it summed up how you felt about these cases you know that, that <laughs> they were they were breathtaking you know and so you know we morphed to bloody hell phil and you know what do we have bloody hell grant and you know all all, all those yeah. things you know i mean bloody hell patty i mean you know i mean you know that 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 the, the, every case this series had those moments, I think, those bloody hell moments. Yes, yeah, they all did,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing I really liked about this one as well is the fact that you threw in a UFO as well with the Todman incident. Yeah. Because that was really, really fra- refreshing to hear someone do that because people think paranormal is just ghosts, but there's no. such a wide field. Oh. Yeah. And to hear you do yeah. the UFO story, I thought, that's really fascinating.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, uh, the, the the person... Uh, Ryan Roberts, who, who commissioned the show, who, who's kind of a very wise and, and, and good commissioner, you know, suggested, hmm. she said, like, would you do um, UFOs as well? And I, I was initially kind of, in my head, I was a bit resistant. I was like, oh, I love ghosts. And I think there's so much to talk about with ghosts. But actually, yeah. I'm really glad we did, because it's a really, another really interesting front to open up. And Whilst yes, there are yes. lots of similarities, I think in terms of UFO experiences and and ghost experiences, there's also some really really big differences. I think you know mm-hmm. ghost experiences are so often in domestic settings, and um, and and UFOs are almost always not. They're almost always you know driving down a road or somewhere very random, and yes. and ghost experiences often come from a. A build up, you know. There's a kind of, you know, we we. I I don't feel good in this place. I feel uncomfortable. I start hearing noises. You know, it builds, you know, and then. But UFO moments are normally kind of boom, just kind of, you know, like it just mm-hmm. yeah, it comes from nowhere, like yeah. a sledgehammer blow. And yeah. um, so, the, you know, I find that interesting. Those differences, but the the way that we treat people who've had these experiences are very similar. You know, the the, the as a society as a whole, we're inclined to dismiss these. Experiences and not be very accepting of them. So you know, for me, that instantly brings out the kind of well, you know, I I think that's the wrong thing to do. I want to you know listen to these people and find out why they've had this and what's going on. And there's more to this, you know. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's interesting. But you know, also we, I mean, we had like guardian angels and we had uh, premonitions, you know, which took us into slightly different territory as well. I mean, I I would love Mm -hmm. to do a crypto. Zoology story, and we had a few. Oh God, friends, that, you know. that, that's
2: some my questions. <laughs> oh, okay. Well,
0: sorry. but we we had a few. We were exploring. We had we had, um, you know, there was a few cases that that we were thinking we might do, and then it didn't quite fit. It didn't quite work out. But I I, I would like to think that yes. in series two we will definitely do something about that. You know, I I think that's that's really interesting territory as well. Um,
2: and what about as well? Because um, this is something I'm interested in. Is not many people cover underwater hauntings. Yeah,
0: okay. So- and
2: there's quite a few. I mean, looking, I mean, the, the, obviously the Titanic is known for hauntings. Um there's been various ghost ships and things like that. Yeah. Hardly anybody has has gone into the ocean and undersea hauntings and strange occurrences under sea. I
1: think somebody asked a question once. Um, did do you have any stories about someone who's actually seen a ghost while they've been diving?
0: Yeah. And we're like, yeah. Well, I mean, that, I mean, that that you know, in, instantly you've got you've got my attention there, and that, it sounds so so <laughs> interesting. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think you know, exp- exploring things like that. You know, I mean, you know, clearly there's a certain jobs that put you into extreme situations you know like being a yeah. diver being a fireman being a soldier uh and I imagine there's some really interesting paranormal stories that come out of those extreme things uh, oh yeah. absolutely yeah. and also
2: you know touching you said on cryptozoology as well the, you know the marinara trench and mm. you know because we know more about our moon than we know about our ocean don't we that, that that's yeah. a fact so what is what in is there? hiding down there yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, it's fascinating you, think-
0: you know and, and we as a as a as a, as a pe- people human beings have a, a real fascination with that the, the deep oh, yeah. don't we and you know with ideas of you know sea monsters and giant squids and i mean sharks my my kids are endlessly fascinated yeah. with sharks you know and the sharks are these incredible things that have been around for like longer than the dinosaurs haven't they and like you know oh, there are God. sharks swimming around hundreds of years old you know that, 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 those in themselves are almost feel almost supernatural you know but they're finding <laughs> things
2: all the time, now, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it was only, what, until the 1920s, 1930s, the coelacanths, the, the fish that They've they bought was... The fossil
1: fish, that, yeah, they had gone, they found one. And they
2: discovered that. Yeah. That They only found... I mean, looking at cryptozoology, you know, there's all these stories about Bigfoot. You know, it was only fairly recently they discovered mountains... Uh, sorry, gorillas living in the mountains. And, you know, I mean, they were discovered, what, 1930s, I think? Mm. It was as late as that, and and for years they were like, no, don't be ridiculous. You know, uh, big apes can't live in mountains. You know, it was it was sort of unheard of, and yet they were discovered fairly, you know, in in history fairly recently. Yeah. So there's there's still Who so knows? much we don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you know, you could say the the impossible is only what we have not yet realized is possible. You know, so Absolutely. yeah, so um, yeah. It, I mean, it, it's it's a nice idea to think that maybe one day we will. Know what ghosts are, but then a little bit of me feels like you know it's nice to to have the mystery, you know, and and, you know, (laughs) I think it's (laughs) quite nice to not know all the answers to everything in the world, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. certainly. Yeah, so
2: sliding very gently back to Uncanny, are you intending to make Uncanny into a stage show? Would you look at doing that?
0: I, I think that I would love to. Um, I really, really enjoyed. Doing Batsy Poltergeist live—that was so much fun, and it was a a really lovely way to connect with people who were part of the community as well. Um, I think that Batsy Poltergeist started in this point in time where we couldn't meet each other and we couldn't be in groups together. You know, it really was a product of lockdown. You know, it was it was commissioned at the very beginning of the first lockdown, and it came out in january of of this year um oh, sorry not this year of twenty twenty one um mm. and um and so it was just great to be out you know to, you know in the autumn to go out and see people and be in theaters with people and what an amazing brilliant feeling to to be out and and um and I really enjoyed it and it sort of felt like we were able to do something that was quite different to the podcast and yet sort of felt in the spirit yeah. of the podcast and and so yeah I mean, I think uncanny would be a lot of fun to do that, and it's certainly something that we 've chatted about, so I, I think I, I hope oh. that we will make that happen yeah
2: so it's a watch this space then yeah yeah, one. definitely
0: definitely i mean i I would love to get out and do it again, you know my background is in live performance, you know I used to do like i mean I, you know when I was fifteen years old, I was doing stand stand up comedy in pubs in Newcastle, you know that, that's kind of where oh,
2: oh, yeah that's where i come from and
0: like yeah and, and doing sort of like you know the edinburgh festival every year so i, I had before i did the battersea poltergeist tour i hadn't been on stage for 10 years and i found it a bit wow. daunting a it was thing. a little bit like oh god yeah. can i still do this but then as soon as i got out yeah. there i was like oh, i remember this you know and it just felt good the muscle memory comes back so um so yeah, so I mean, that, that was a long-winded way of, of saying that yes, I would like that to happen. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah.
1: yeah. So how would you do it? That's the thing. I mean, you would mm. sort of pick some of the stories to take with you. They're like Batsy Poltergeist. It is one story, with Uncanny, you've got so many to sort of try and tell. Yeah. So would you take to, It would have
2: you? to be Ken. It would have to
0: be Ken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think you, I think you'd want to do some of the. um some of the cases that people love and have a particular connection with, because people would love to hear those yeah. debated in more detail. But I mean, it might also be fun mm-hmm. to have some some newer cases as well. You know, I think it's it's quite nice when you're doing mm-hmm. that kind of thing to have entirely new content as a real reason for people to go to yeah. it, you know. And um, so that that's, that's per- perfectly possible as well, you know. And, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think another fun thing about the Battersea Poltergeist tour was having Kieran and Evelyn on stage with me and going out yes. and being in that little team and, and um, you know, just the debate between them on stage is is quite fun, I oh, think, and taking questions. I mean, that the, that 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 the that question and answer that session that was a really good, fun part of it. That's I don't think amazing. Evelyn takes any prisoners, does she? <laughs> no, she <laughs> she's good. But, you know, and Kieran can stand up to himself, that's so why I'm going to so, say yeah Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, I, he's I, I got impressed sure. you actually like to wind him up a bit, don't you? Um, well, I... <laughs>
1: I kieran uh, yeah. when you did the one you were saying to Mars, not infrasound
0: is it Kieran? It <laughs> <else. Yes. laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah no I, and i think you know i i love kieran's explanations i think kieran is brilliant at coming up with fantastic skeptic uh uh-huh. explanations for things that are not oh, not bad. not what you'd expect you know he's very clever at yeah. coming up with with um you know things that sort of feel, you know, paranormal Poirot moments, I call them, like little things that kind of feel like they leap out the pages of a detective story and and he'll crack cases in a certain way. But then, you know, absolutely Evelyn is great at pushing back and, you know, other experts we've got as well will push back and sort of say, but hang on, you know. And and I think, you know, one thing that I think that believers would see as a criticism of sceptics is that sometimes sceptics are prone to do a kind of one size fits all explanation for things. They'll say like, well, look, this sort of haunting is normally caused by infrasound or, or by yes. sleep yeah, paralysis. But, but, and then you go, but actually, but look at this case, you know, let's just really look at that one. And they're like, well, you know, but we weren't there. We can't, you know, we can't comment on that one, you know, it, but yeah. it's probably this. And you go, but, yeah, but look, but it doesn't quite fit this. It might you know, not be. And, and So I think, I think yeah. that's, that's where you can have fun with this kind of thing of kind of, you know, pushing back yeah. and kind of going, but, but actually that, that, that is a very plausible explanation. But it doesn't answer this and this and that and this, you know. And I think um, Peter Laws it, talked you? about it being like a game of whack-a-mole where you're sort of, you know, as soon as you knock yes. down, sceptically yes. knock down one thing, another, <laughs> you know, potentially supernatural thing pops up and it keeps popping up and you can't ever quite nail everything in a satisfyingly sceptic way.
1: That's so How do you true. decide on which experts to actually use then? Because you've, you've used quite a few across mm, the series. Mm. I mean, we knew quite a few of the names yeah. it's obviously moving the circles that we move in but there's some new people there we'd not heard of before she's really mm-hmm. quite interesting oh okay so. yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I mean it's yeah I don't know it's it's a mixture I mean you know I've worked with a few of the people before and then other people are kind of interesting people who came across my path um, you know I mean clearly like Chris French is a really respected sceptic and so is Deborah Hyde right. um, yeah. I mean Hayley Stevens is someone I've always found really interesting she did my um haunted podcast with me and she's you know somebody who's kind of different to a lot of the other sceptics out there I think she comes from a kind of younger point of view and she's kind of yeah, uh, she was a parent before she was a sceptic so she's yeah yeah you know that. which is a really interesting background that she was a believer turned sceptic you know sort of um yeah. uh you know poacher turned gamekeeper I mean I think that's um really interesting point of view to come from you know Reverend Peter Laws obviously he's got an interesting point of view of coming from a religious point of view Kate Botley came in from that same point of view and was great um yeah so I think it's it's an interesting mix I mean I think there's there's been quite a few people offering themselves to me as skeptics who who I I, you know I sort of feel are are maybe the sort of people who might crop up on a kind of standard paranormal show and that's not to sort of denigrate them or those shows but I sort of feel I, I kind of like to kind of Dig out people who are maybe a little bit more unusual, maybe people who don't get that airspace yeah. somewhere else or, you know, just sure. kind of have slightly different perspectives. And, and certain people are really right for different cases. You know, I mean, clearly, like David Clark was, you know, he is the UFO expert par excellence. Yeah. So he was absolutely perfect for Todmorden. He knows that case inside out. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm always completely open minded. I'm always kind of ke- keen to find new people but you kind of you start to kind of build a little team that you trust and i think then it's kind of nice for listeners Mm. to have that sense of a team and hearing people coming back again and again and it becomes a little kind of family Mm. and because about
1: that accessibility with them on um, twitter as well where they're quite happy to join in the conversations and you know put things in and give you feedback on what's been said. It's yeah. really, really nice to be able to sort of access people like that, that you probably wouldn't normally have the chance to do.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's great. And I think before. not just the experts, but some of the witnesses as well. You know, like sure, Ken yeah. joined Twitter especially, so did Phil. Um, you know, P- Patty made herself available and, and um, Charlie Howard, and, you know, Hannah Betts, all, all these people. Uh, you know, I, I just think that that's really unusual, full stop. Not just in paranormal shows, just in anything, in a documentary that the people yeah. in the documentary make themselves available and answer your questions on social media immediately after you've heard it, you know, like particularly like in the this along things, you know, even arguably as you're listening to it, you know, I, I think that's, that's lovely. And it, it, it's, um, you know, we live in a very interactive world. You know, we, we, we do have access mm-hmm. to famous people in a way that we didn't before you can, you can send messages mm-hmm. to yeah. whoever you like and there's a chance they might reply you know so i i like like the fact that we've created a thing where the people in the in the program can leap out and talk to you and contact you and and help you if you need i mean you know i I noticed there was a thing recently where deborah hyde and maybe one or two of the other skeptic experts were kind of giving advice on something to somebody i think about um i I don't know if it was to do with sleep paralysis or or some sort of some something like that some troubled nightmares or you know something like that but um night terrors maybe but you know it's really interesting and, and you know I always think, like, sceptics are incredibly useful if you are scared of something and you don't need to be. You know, if you think your house is haunted and it's actually not haunted and it's to do with your boiler making funny noises or, you know, Mm. the, the floorboards contracting or whatever, if it can be explained away and that eases your fear, then that is a brilliant thing. You know, that's a really great use of scepticism you know scepticism for me is is less uh, you know I, I mean the, the negative side of scepticism I guess is where you try to poo-poo the experience of somebody that you know somebody's had this profound experience possibly you know like for instance we made an episode of Haunted which was all about people like grief ghosts people who'd lost people people lost people close uh, to them parents yeah. or uh yeah. you know loved uh, lovers the last thing you want to do to those people is explain those away because it's incredibly important for them. Mm -hmm. It's bringing intense comfort. And, you know, maybe it's a real ghost. Even if it's not, it's bringing incredible comfort. It's an important thing in their life, you know. And so you don't want to just pour cold water on that and sort of try and explain it away. So I I think, you know, scepticism has to be kind and respectful and, and it can absolutely be brilliant and useful at times and then there can sometimes be a kind of less kind and less respectful brand of it but i think i I feel like you know the skeptics that we have brought in for our show are incredibly open-minded and all of these people and chris french definitely says this deborah as well they all say i could be wrong you know i could be wrong they're not coming from this kind of point of view of a kind of arrogance of you know i am right listen to me They're, they're saying this is what i believe and this is my belief based on years and years and years of studying this yeah. But I could yeah. be wrong, you know, and they, they remain open-minded. And that, that I, I think, you know, and Hayley's like that as well. I think, you know, scepticism is about keeping an open mind.
1: You have yeah. to, yeah, yeah. You've got to question it. You can't just sort of blankly say, like you said, no, as far as I'm concerned, this is what I know, this is my opinion, that's what it is, and I'm sorry, but yeah. I'm right. You have to keep that open mind. I mean, I when we do stuff, we question everything. Mm. You know, you have an experience. Like you said, it can easily be like... When we have someone with a house, for instance, and like you were saying... Um, something's happened we hear this funny noise Mm -hmm. we say to them keep yourself a ghost diary keep a note of what's happening the times that it happens what it actually is then what you can see then is you can see patterns emerging like you were saying about it could be the floorboards it could be the central heating you know it could be something simple most
2: of the time it is most of the time it is
1: (laughs) you know but but then again when you tell them that it's your central heating or
0: it's your they don't want it to be the central
1: heating quite a few people actually want yeah yeah yeah. this is the
0: thing and and it's you know Really, really yeah I mean you know, ghosts can be the easy answer to a difficult question. You know, they—they, they, yes. you know, it, it, often the sceptical explanation is quite boring and quite complicated. <laughs> sometimes, I mean, like you know, some of the explanations that I've heard for cases that like you're going kind to of go like, God, that is really bizarre and hard to get your head around. But that is a real, you know, that is the scientific explanation, and it makes sense, and it's proven, and you know, that is oh, real, man. you know. So actually, you know, ghosts is way more exciting. You know, like it's. And you can see why why we all want to believe in it because it's way more exciting to think that this is the ghost of somebody who was murdered on this site coming back than to think that it's you know to do yeah. with your boiler. Uh, <laughs> um, um, Not quite the same. Yeah, you know. So um, so absolutely, absolutely. You know, you can. You, you, you we all want the magic, don't we? And um, I was just going to say that. Yeah. yeah. But but you know, I I, I think there are. Enough cases out there that cannot be explained, and and that's why I keep doing this. You know, that's what makes me get up in the morning, that's what what makes me excited about making another series. You know, those cases I mean, you know, I'm I'm not looking at cases that I feel you can easily explain. If if the skeptic could just come in and offer an easy explanation for it, then I wouldn't make the program. No, no, defeats
1: the object, doesn't it? The idea is to make it that excitement where you are sitting there thinking, Oh my god. Right. You actually got Kieran O'Keefe to say with Room Six Eleven that he wasn't sure,
0: and I don't think I've heard him say that <laughs> ever no, about really. the yeah, sure. release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, um, hear him the, say the, it. The, um, the angel in the bathroom pushed him quite close as well. I think that. Um, yeah. you know, K- Kieran's very interesting because he he's somebody who loves the idea of ghosts. You know, he's somebody who grew up obsessed with ghosts as well. And, You know, I think mm. you know he he enjoys the excitement of it all. You know, he. he 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 yeah. he he. I I think you know he'd love he'd love it if ghosts exist. You know he he doesn't believe in ghosts at all, but I think he'd love it if they did exist. And I think that's quite a healthy thing, really. That that that, that combination of rationality, oh, rationality and grounding, yeah. and and also the excitement of it all. You know,
2: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've done a lot of TV. You've done a lot of radio. What's your favorite? What do you prefer, and why do you prefer it? Um,
0: I, I don't know really. I mean, I. I I I I like telling stories, and I think um, yeah. different stories di- suit different mediums, you know. And, and yeah. I, I've really enjoyed writing my play Two Twenty Two and seeing the response mm. to that. And you know, there are few things as moving and wonderful and exciting than sitting in a room full of people watching your play and and, and watching them enjoy it. You know, that that's been just amazing. And um, you know, I, I'm I'm excited now to try and do something for television that, that kind of takes on the subject matter I've been looking at and you know the way this way of telling mm-hmm. stories. I would, I would like like to do that. That's a, that's a kind of ambition. Um Ooh, you know, and, I tell you what, what we could
2: like, uh, yeah. <laughs> is, is do you remember the old tales of the unexpected Oh
0: yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Danny's> <laughs> We tales of the unexpected. could
2: we could have Danny's uncanny <laughs> of the unexpected, <laughs> unexpected or something and and or oh, wouldn't that
1: be fab <laughs> Yeah, although well, some of those towns are really twisted though weren't
2: they so, well yeah but again. that
1: would be that'd be really good but, uh, i would love something
0: like but, that. no it's it true is. but you know but you know what i've got to say like during the lockdown i absolutely counted my blessings that i was working audio because whilst i looked around yeah. and saw my friends who were involved in like theater or tv or whatever sitting twiddling their thumbs we think. were able to make these mm-hmm. programs you know and we we you know we made these things remotely you know we we you know, like, it was mad. Like, you know, Daphne Keane, who recorded, you know, who played young Shirley in Battersea Poltergeist, she was in Spain. We were recording her in Spain, you know, and the other actors Yay! in a studio wow. in London, but it feels like they're all in the same room. And that, that's the, the beauty do, yeah. of, you know, we're talking to each other remotely now. You're in, in Norfolk and I'm in Walthamstow and, you know, we're doing that and it feels like we're in the same room. And you, you can do that with audio. and, and That's um, right. And audio is brilliantly suited to the spooky it it does yes. have a you do have a different relationship with it to television and and you know in television you have a broader palette of scares available to you you know it's not just about noises yeah. you know you, you know you can scare people in different ways and I'm very excited about <laughs> tapping into that but I think audio is, yeah. is this wonderful intimate relationship and I think you know I think people have built this relationship with the shows that I make because of the the moment we're in as well. I feel, like, I feel like lockdown, you know, we all wanted entertainment. We were craving that kind of thing. We loved the idea. And as much as people complained about, oh, why can't you release them all in one bingeable box set? You know, I think people did ultimately enjoy the thing of waiting a week and the build-up, the excitement, the anticipation, yeah. spending oh, a week course, researching yeah. the case and then getting the next hit. And oh. it, it's been a moment. And I think also we're living through this moment of chaos and uncertainty and sadly no, death you know and, and so we're interested in ghosts we're interested in the paranormal and all those yeah. things have conspired to to make people interested in my shows and I, I think you, you build a relationship with it and it's in your ears you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm your friend in your ears talking to you about <laughs> ghosts and <laughs> the soundscape helps and you know and, and so audio is is a lovely thing to play with I really enjoy the possibilities of it and I, and I can't see a point in my life where I'd ever say I don't want to do audio anymore you know I think it, it's it's a powerful thing and, and and you know we all love those podcasts that get us excited the podcasts that make absolutely. the washing up pleasurable or make you want to jog that little bit longer or make you want to not oh, get off absolutely. the tube at your stop for work or whatever you know the, the ones that make you want to keep listening yeah uncanny yeah definitely
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Um, before we sort of wind up just to say to you is there any sort of timeline on the next series? Could you give us a sort of rough idea as to when we're going to be sort of Uh,
0: I I, I can't give you any specifics uh, at all but I I mean I think the plan is that the next project will be this other um, case like Battersea you know we've found Mm -hmm. this case that we feel is interesting and deep enough to support a multi-part investigation you know like kind of eight eight episodes again like we're about to see and we'd tell it for a mixture of drama and documentary again you know that that was a a, a, a format that worked really really well I think and really connected with people and you know the the drama was this brilliant way of bringing the case to life and and you know kind of almost like creating your own archive if you like you know that you you kind of you get to hear the people this happened to you know, because that's the one thing. Like you know, hauntings. You know, you, you don't have the video of it. You, don't, you know, particularly in the 1950s, for surely. You know, we don't have yeah. all this little neat thing. We can't hear those moments. We 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 can read the descriptions of things, but then using that drama was a way of bringing that to life and evoking it. So I think that that will be the next project that we will do, and, yeah. and then we'll do an uncanny after that. So all and you know, and who knows? We might drop in the odd bonus episode. We might do you know, the scope to do bonus episodes of, of any of these series, really. And, you know, we, we've got some amazing new Uncanny stories that we could drop in as a bonus episode. So I, I think, you know, there are no rules. That's the nice thing. It's a podcast. You know, we we can drop stuff into yes, the feed yeah. whenever we want. So, I mean, all, all I can say is there will be more, you know, if you like ghosts, you will be, you, you will be served, you know, don't worry. Um, uh, there will be <laughs> things coming your way in the not, the not too, too distant future. But I, I also think though no, that it is important to step away for a little bit because I, I think, you know, I don't want to become part of the furniture. I mean, I think Un- Uncanny is exciting oh. for you because it's, um, you know, this kind of amazing, it's exciting run of cases. Yeah. But I think if I was there every yeah. single week, I think you would get tired of me. I think, you know, like, you know, I, I, I would become, um, you know, just, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I don't think it would be as exciting as if we, if we, if we take a gap and, and come back with... With more stuff. No, that's my personal opinion. Want yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah now I, I agree with that. Yeah, you could, you could slightly coin a phrase, you could kick the arse out of it quite <laughs> easily. Yeah, <totally>. and, you <laughs> know, and, and maybe I would get yeah. bored of it as well. Like if I was doing it relentlessly every yeah. every week, I think it would become formulaic, you know. And I think you know to, to step no. back to kind of go, well, look, what what worked well about the first series, you know, what what no. do we feel we could do better, you know, like uh, what kind of stories didn't we cover, what kind of areas do we want to go into, and um, you know, and we, we've got some absolute crackers. Already lined up, you know the th- things that we we you know c- came to us kind of late in the series, and we we're like, "This is such a great story, but we're going to save this now. We're gonna hold on to it." So, um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm excited about the next generation of stories to tell. So we? yeah, just, just a bit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we can't wait. Yeah.
1: Danny, thank you ever so much for taking the time to talk to us tonight. my pleasure. I just want to say, if you're interested in uh, any of Danny's podcasts at all, the BBC Sounds has got the Batsy uh, Batsy Poltergeist and Uncanny, and the other series you spoke about, Haunted, you can find on any of your podcasting services. I know it's on Spotify, I know it's on Apple Podcasts. Mm. I think it was Panoply, wasn't it? I think you did it Yeah, I did it for
0: Panoply, yeah. They sort of went bust after a while, which is why we didn't make a a second oh. series. It's, it's, it's this kind of, you know, it was, it's funny, like I, I made Haunted in 2017, and, and, I, and it was such a labour of love, like all these other ones, you know, and, and it got such a nice response. You know, it wasn't, mm. Pan- Panoply didn't particularly promote it very well, so it didn't have the kind of backing of the BBC, uh, well, and, and it, you know, I, yeah, but it yeah. be- became a kind of cult. Kind of hit, hit, and and um and so many people said, you know, I used to keep getting these messages from people saying, like, when are you doing second series? When are you doing second series? And the truth of it was, we just got, you know, we signed this rubbish contract with Panoply where they sort of owned the IP to it, and and I couldn't, and then they went bust, and I couldn't make another series, and so like, yeah. then making Battersea and making Uncanny, that that was me kind of getting to make the show that I you know been frustrated from not being able to make for the last couple of years you know, and, you know rules, yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. but you know it's nice it that back. people are going back and finding haunted again and you know I, I I'm very proud of haunted and I think you know it's a great set of stories and I feel like you know I I, I personally feel like I kind of improved as a, a storyteller or a broadcaster since then I, I you know I I, I am probably happier with Battersea or Uncanny now but I'm still incredibly proud of Haunted and, I, and I, I you know I think all of those episodes stand up really really well and I'm loving the fact that people are going back mm-hmm. and enjoying it and mm-hmm. I mean it was in the charts again the other day which was nice which means that it really is getting listened mm-hmm. to so you know it, it's, yeah. it's nice and, and I feel like you know it's um it's it, it's a sort of progression it's lo- lovely to feel like you're like a band making albums or whatever you know and you're, you're kind of you know I feel like I'm learning each time I'm learning about how to make these shows, but I'm also learning about the audience and, and what you like. And, 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 you know, we're building this little nice thing together, this community together. And th- that, that's mm. the beautiful thing. And, you know, going into another series of Uncanny, the audience is so important. You know, you will be sending me stuff. Most of the stories will have come out of people who listened to the first series sending me their stories. You know, so yeah, it's, it's just, you know, <laughs> I, I said it before, but that, that for me is the proudest thing of all that kind of that we are uncanny that uncanny community moment i, I just you know i love that you know community. and then that's you know yeah. that's what makes me smile when i lie in bed school. at night you know it's nice
1: yeah yeah we'll keep it going for you while you're sort of yeah um, keep 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 week the home fires burning. We'll i know you, you're going to try and life. do an
0: uncanny community zoom aren't you that's great i love that we are yeah, yeah. next
1: week and um, we're going to come back and try and interview some of your experts that you had as well so we can sort of meet the experts, sort of, and throw it in as well. Yeah. Okay, well, so. just Ooh. make sure I get
0: 15% of anything you pay them. Yeah. All <laughs> we'll right. Thank you very much, Danny. My pleasure.
1: Thank you. Bye bye. Bye
2: bye. Take care.